Um, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, from the moment we are born, we're searching to belong. We are members of our family, and that's the first template for every relationship that we have. And girls and women in particular measure success by, right, the quality of their relationships. And those relationships are the foundation of part of their identities. Those people who influence their thoughts, um, their feelings, their emotions are the people who help define in their minds and our minds as women levels of success. So it, it became quite evident at a young age that if you have people around you, then you belong, right? You have a tribe, you have a squad, I think the kids call it nowadays, but you have people who you're connected to and they make you feel like you belong. And I think ultimately we want to belong in the good mom club. You know, we want to identify with what our society, what our community says is good parenting, is good mothering. And that's an important identifier as to what a woman's role is. You know, we are, we, we are, we are to parent, we are to mother at some point we have to tap into our nature, which is to nurture other humans. Welcome to another episode of the Fueled by Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Dumay, and that is my guest, Bettina Adams. Bettina is a licensed and social emotional specialist, licensed school counselor, and she loves to teach women on self-love strategies that fuel your healing journey. Today, we talked on a topic that is viral amongst many moms and many women, the topic of tapping into your true authenticity. And deeper than that is the struggle of losing who you truly are when you became a mother, when you became a wife. I don't want to go too in-depth in my introduction, but I really think you're going to enjoy today's podcast. This topic is something that we actually decided to bring up one more time on an episode part two. So stay tuned for that because it's such a deeper topic and it's something that I feel is a crisis within the momhood and womanhood today. Where does our true identity go? What happens to our identity when we become moms, when we become wives, when we become working moms or stay-at-home moms? Somewhere, women are losing themselves. Women are becoming resentful. They're becoming bitter. They are encountering resentment in their marriages and in being a mom. We are finding conversations where Moms are saying they hate being a mom, but do they truly hate being a mom? And again, the conversation gets so, so deep and it goes so deep. And I know that I've had this discussion with so many women, which is the reason why I asked Bettina to come on. She is an expert. She has struggled and we shared many, many stories, many similar experiences throughout our lives. And I believe this is a topic that should be discussed more than once. So again, enjoy today's podcast as an introduction to this living in authenticity and where does our true identity go and stay tuned for part two of this deeper discussion. All right, everybody, I'm super excited as always to have 
another guest on the Fueled by Gratitude podcast. Her and I met virtually through a friend of mine who um, told me I had to have her on the podcast. Bettina Adams is our guest today. And when I spoke to her on the phone and I felt like I was talking to myself, I had so much (laughs) in common with her and I'm just super excited to have you on Bettina, to have you on here on the Fueled by Gratitude podcast to talk on a topic that I am so passionate about. And this is about tapping into your true authenticity. I am all about authentic living. And I feel that in today's world with mom life, womanhood, we can get lost in the, in the, cla- in the, in the chaos in a way. When uh-huh, you become uh-huh. a mom, when you become a wife, you can risk losing who you are, your identity and forget who, who you are and forget your goals, your desires. And there can, there can arise some bitterness some resentment later on in life. And so I have Bettina Adams on today to, to really elaborate on this topic. And um, let me start by introducing her. She is a licensed social emotional specialist, also a licensed school counselor. And she is all about helping women through self-love strategies that will fuel your healing journey. She's also a mother to two beautiful daughters, 29 and 17, and she's also a grandmother. So I (laughs) I love all of this and I love your energy and passion. Come on in, as I always say, onto um, this podcast and tell us a little bit more about who you are and your mission and your story. Wow. Thank you so much, Victoria. What an amazing introduction. I am so thankful to be a part of your podcast and really just humbled and honored that you would uh, have me on to talk a little bit about my story and my journey to authenticity. Um, I grew up in a small town in Indiana, Um, a whole lot of uh, people that uh, I loved and that loved me, but uh, trauma was introduced into my life at an early age. And what I found was that during a high school psychology class, uh, I started to feel better about what had happened and I was able to start releasing some of the pain that was associated to that. And that was kind of the catalyst to uh, embark me up on my journey to explore how the mind powered people, you know, to know why people do what they do. And um, through that process, I discovered that um, this talking cure called therapy uh, was actually something that uh, helped me to learn more about who I wanted to be, who I was, who I was, and who I wanted to be in the future. And so uh, I went to school and um, got an undergraduate degree in in psychology, went on to get my master's degree in mental health counseling, and I'm currently uh, enrolled in a doctoral program for industrial organizational psychology. So it has been my life, and it has been essential to to my healing process. I love it. I think the pivotal point though, when I really realized that maybe I wasn't utilizing some of the tools that I had learned along the way was about after 16 years of my life uh, was kind of swept away in what seemed like uh, a blink of an eye, honestly. Um, I found myself sitting in this three bedroom house kind of wondering, who are you? And um, I wanted to know how to fix it. And the only way that kind of made sense 
at that time was to kind of numb myself to what I was feeling because it hurt so bad. I think kind of suffocating my feelings and emotions kind of led to some self-destructive acts. And it kept me occupied for a while, but one day I was just kind of sitting there and I realized what was missing. Uh, it was me. I was MIA. I was totally gone. I no longer knew who I was looking at in the mirror and I felt a tremendous sense of loss. And um, at that point, I decided, you know what, the person I'd become was not who I was created to be. And I began to do the work to heal all the way back from that initial point of childhood trauma through my adult life so that I could truly live uh, the life that I chose and I could live in purpose um, as who I was created to be. I so, love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that someone listening right now, I know the majority of my podcast listeners are women and they are in mm -hmm. most of them, small business owners or in on some form of entrepreneurship. And I think this, this, what you started to talk about just now, this identity crisis, losing yourself mm -hmm. is something that a lot of people, a lot of women relate, can relate to. And it, it's, it's interesting how I find it also that it starts usually in the thirties and early forties as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it, I, because it's somewhere and somewhere before that is this this mom life and this you know wife life or whatever is that yeah something, is that what happened with you is that mm -hmm. was is that part of your story as well oh absolutely so I was a teen mother I was a young mother I was 18 when I had my oldest daughter and um I remember thinking I don't know what to do. Like my prayer literally every day was God, please don't let me kill her. Like I just wanted to make sure she, she stayed alive. Um, but I became entrenched in the thought of being a mom. Like I just was so afraid to mess up or not to do it the way that other people did. And at that point I was going to college and that was not really something that was heard of. I experienced a lot of rejection um, from uh, my family in certain ways, just because I had chose to go to school and have the baby. And it was just kind of like, how are you going to do that? Like, it's impossible. Um, however, with the great support of um, a loving aunt and uncle, um, they embraced me and my daughter. And so we were able to do that. But I absolutely connected everything that I did to being her mother. And that, be that became my identity. That was what fueled me. That was what propelled my actions. That's how I made decisions. Um, would it, you know, make me a good mom, you know? And right. um, that became, uh, that became uh, toxic at a later um, time in my life. Right, right. And so what would you say, what, or maybe, you know, why is that something that happens, you know, from, mm -hmm. from your experience being, you know, licensed in social emotional specialist, like how and why is this such a common thing that happens mm -hmm. to, to women? And I, I know it can happen to men as well. Yeah, um, it, what absolutely if, it can. Um, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, from the moment we are born, we're searching to belong. We are members of our family, and that's the first template for every relationship that we have. And girls and women in particular measure success by right, the quality of their relationships. And those relationships are the foundation of 
part of their identities. Those people who influence their thoughts, um, their feelings, their emotions are the people who help define in their minds and our minds as women levels of success. So it, it became quite evident at a young age that if you have people around you, then you belong, right? You have a tribe, you have a squad, I think the kids call it nowadays, but you have people who you're connected to and they make you feel like you belong. And I think ultimately we want to belong in the good mom club. You know, we want to identify with what our society, what our community says is good parenting, is good mothering. And that's an important identifier as to what a woman's role is. You know, we are, we, we are, we are to parent, we are to mother. At some point we have to tap into our nature, which is to nurture other humans. And so I think that the weight of feeling that particular role became so catamount because I was so young and people expected me to fail. And so I just decided that, you know what, I'm going to be the best mom in the world. And these are the ways that I'm going to do that. And in the process, um, I lost my way. That is, wow. I, I'm just sitting here thinking like, yes, like I can see this. I, I fell into that as well. I think, I think we still fall into it if we don't check oh, yes. ourselves. And, and, and it may not be in momhood. It may be in womanhood. It may be uh-huh. in careerhood. You know, in any hood. And I think that, you know, like I was saying earlier, this obviously this is definitely something that women struggle with, but this is not just a women issue. This is a, a human issue where we are constantly yeah. um, comparing ourselves or, or needing to mm-hmm. conform and needing to be like everybody or the group. Mm-hmm. And I, I love how you explained that. I remember listening to a podcast by one of my favorite um, life coaches is the life coach school. I love her Brooke Castillo. And she talked a yes. lot about how our brains work and the different, um, neuro, I think it was like neuro neurons and neural pathways and just what ignites our brains, what charges the, the emotions and the feelings and the desires, like the serotonins and the spikes mm-hmm. and everything. And, um, it was my first time really understanding why we have these urges, why we have these needs and where they come from and what fuels those. And I think you just, I think you woke a lot of people up right now that are listening that the social aspect of yes. uh, need, the need to belong. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think that we, it's something that we are consciously aware of, um, but it is there subconsciously. And it's there also these stories and these programs. And of course, of what we're fed by society and um, social truths as well has played mm-hmm. a part in our lives that we, we seek truth based on social, right? Like what they call cultural truths and relativism versus absolute truths. And I know that for me, I had to go back to being like, what is true of me? What is my truth? You know, mm-hmm. what is my truth? Not the truth of what everybody else says. Um, so, so you would say that would be the beginning of where this yes. trap is of losing mm-hmm. who you are and um, seeking and chasing an identity that's really not for you. Right, absolutely. And even as I begin to, embrace of that identity uh it transitioned into my marriage 
um, I then began to define who I was based on the type of wife that I was and what people said a good wife should look like or should be perceived as. And 16 years in that relationship, I poured my identity into parenting and wifehood. And those were the things that I connected with my success. So if my children were doing well, then I was successful. Despite the fact that inside, I was really um, experiencing a lot of pain um, because I wasn't being able to express truly who I was. I was withholding myself from the people that I loved and it created that resentment and that bitterness that you spoke of earlier within me. And I kind of went into survival mode. I put up a wall and I decided that, you know, nobody else is going to come in and I was going to act in these roles to the best of my ability and forgo what I was feeling and forgo receiving love or giving it in excess because it had been damaging in my eyesight to the role of being mother and the role of being wife. And uh, over the course of those 16 years, it really just became a kind of blinder for me to other areas that um, just literally I stopped participating in that I had previously extracted joy from. And I found my passion to be weaned um, and just kind of sifting away. And so I really am just grateful that I was able to be awakened in that moment and that it didn't stop me um, from continuing my process. So um, if you can stop it, you know, sooner rather than later, um, by all means, that's one of the, the, the goals of what I'm trying to do by helping uh, others to understand that authentic living is your best living. I love that so much. Oh my goodness. So much of what you just said is resonating with me because, you know, I discovered that as well, is that mm -hmm. you come to this point and you're like, where did I go? Where, yeah. where did who am I? <laughs> and mm -hmm. for, for some time, I know that you accept it. Sometimes you just accept yeah. that you're a mommy, you accept that mm -hmm. this is your life. And let me just be grateful. And, you know, a few weeks ago on the podcast, I had a interviewer, we talked about toxic gratitude and people don't realize mm. that. Yeah. It's an amazing topic. I recommend you listening to the, to the podcast episode, because what happens is that there's a version of gratitude that makes you um, settle and, and yeah. accept mediocrity, right? Because it could be worse or it could, you could have it worse. And, um, you know, why aren't you grateful for at least yeah. having a job or why aren't you grateful mm -hmm. for at least having a family? You know, some people don't even have family or some, some right. women can't, can't have children. You should be grateful that you can have children. So there's this toxic, like toxic thing that happens where we just mm -hmm. like learn to just settle and then to just be okay with okay. And then, yeah. you know, forget your dreams, forget what you really want to do and forget your creativity and forget what you, you know, for some of us who went to school and got master's degree, forget that 
because you should just be grateful that you, you know, whatever. And then we spin into that and it becomes a vicious cycle. But then what happens is and exactly what you showed, you become resentful and yeah. you, um, and I, I see this happening in marriages, just like you said, it happens in marriages where you didn't get to become who you really wanted to be. You forget who, who that was. And then and then you come, I guess, I don't want to call it the midlife crisis, but it seems to be that. Mm -hmm, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And, or that when you lose something, when, you know, when, when a wow. parent loses a child or loses the marriage or mm -hmm. when, the, when the mom is an empty nester, you know, yeah. they, the, where the parent, where the kids grow up and they don't need the mom anymore as much. And you're like, well, what do I do? <laughs> what do, what right. do I do? Um, mm -hmm. so, so I know that this is resonating with people listening right now. I know this is resonating with the women. I know this is resonating with the moms. So how do, what other awarenesses can we have? What else, what mm -hmm. can we step into? What can we, how can we help women? How can they avoid, you know, destruction in a marriage, destruction mm -hmm. in, in, in falling into the trap of, of this identity crisis? Um, what are some ways that women can tap into true authenticity today? Yeah, so that's a great question, Victoria. I think that, you know, it's really fundamentally important to kind of just take every moment you can to take a step back, right? And to kind of look at, you know, your life kind of retrospectively. Like a lot of times when we're hurt, we want to leave the past and we think we, by burying it, you know, we'll be okay and time is going to heal. And we have all of these wonderful cliche ways of just kind of burying it, you know, putting a tombstone on it and moving away, but it's still there, right? Kind of festering, just kind of waiting for the moment to emerge uh, when its trigger is presented. Uh, and so I think a lot of times that is, you know, more damaging. So one of the things that we can do specially, and again, this is going to sound cliche, but it's just literally like enjoying little things, uh, living in the now. Uh, when I sat down at that moment and realized that I was missing, um, it was almost as if my senses were awakened. Um, I began to hear things that I didn't hear, see things that I hadn't seen before, um, a cup of coffee, uh, the aroma would intoxicate me. I just started noticing things. I just tuned in to um, a practice and train my mind to stop blabbering, you know, and to start noticing the things that um, life was giving me. You know, I had a hard time sleeping at one point. I would wake up so early that, you know, it wasn't even light, but being there for the sun to rise, uh, you know, was a in the moment thing that I hadn't actually thought about in a decade or more. And so in that moment, I just really started to tune in to my senses. What was I feeling? The warmth of my skin, the smell of that coffee I talked about, the breath that I was able to take when I felt pleasure, you know, seeing a cute pet or animal, you know, just things like that, that really we take for granted because we're in the hustle and the bustle. I literally slowed down. That was like I my first that. step, like slow yeah. down and take notice is the yes. first thing that I would tell women to do because we are enticed by this world that says you're supposed to do it all. You are you're every woman, right? Like Shaka Khan and Whitney said, you're every woman. So you should be able to balance it all and 
you know, forget about you in the process. Forget about the fact that you're, you're whittling, you know, wilting away on the inside. You've just got to keep going, right? And so I literally slowed down. Um, that was the first step in me taking notice of the things that um, I've kind of forgotten along the way. And it took me back to some special moments in my life that uh, I was able to reconnect with and some special people that I'd lost along the way. And so um, that was the first step for me. And I would encourage I love that. I love that. I, yeah. And, and there's a version of gratitude in there that that is the heart centered gratitude. You know, we talked I mentioned the that the episode of toxic gratitude, but there's these two um, versions of gratitude or two you know types of gratitude. I guess there's like the mm-hmm. ego gratitude. There's this heart center gratitude, and I think what you were tapping into, you know, obviously being that we're on the field by gratitude podcast, is like yes. you, were tap- you were tapping into some uh, what I would call heart centered gratitude. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that when we can tap into that heart centered gratitude, because the grat- your heart is like the most powerful tool we have in our body. Um, mm-hmm. It can literally just energetically and you know be able to to just it gives life to everything and yeah. attracts attracts love love and life to you and so what you were doing by noticing those little things and enjoying it it was like almost having tapping into again that heart-centered gratitude to be present to and also looking for signals of what is going right and what is healthy yeah. and what is flourishing and what is amazing. I love that. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to say that what you were doing was <laughs> use fueling your life with gratitude in those moments. Hey, that that's good stuff. You know, I think, I think I refer to it most when I'm speaking to others as paying good attention, you know, like, yeah, you, you, you can, you can see things, but do you see them? Do you truly you know, see them for their beauty and honor them for their post in your life or that you have access. And I think there's a deep connection between your body and your mind and what it tells you. Um, and I relate it to a lot, a lot to food. You know, like if you eat something and it makes you ill, you stop eating it, right? right. Uh, it's a normal thing. But sometimes when we feel things and they make us feel in our bodies, we just ignore it. And we let it, we let it blabber. That's that blabbering that I was talking about earlier. We just let it kind of take over and we have to quiet it in some way. We need to develop that aversion to feeling like it's okay to just stuff it away. So slowing down will absolutely help that happen. Help I you love that. Attention. Yeah. And do you have more for us? I mean, I love that. I, I do. So Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do. Um, I'll give you a couple more. So another strategy that I used was um, to stop watering myself down, to stop being, right, what I thought other people wanted me to be. And um, although, as I said before, we all want to be accepted, loved, appreciated, we want to belong. So many times I toned myself down. I held myself back for fear of being judged or rejected. Um, And Um, I stopped doing a lot of things that I enjoyed because of that. And so once I was able to identify that, hey, you know, like you don't have to be okay with the the fact that I love to dance, but I'm not skilled at it (laughs) or that, uh, you know, I like to, um, you know, participate in sports that other people don't um, or that I just like to spend time. Um, with the people I love sometimes in, in silence and read a book. Like those things aren't strange. They are in fact a part of who I am. 
And as I matured through the process, I really did some serious inner work about um, being unapologetically me in my rawest form and being um, highly sensitive to what my mind and body were responding to. And in doing so, I learned how to transfer love to me. The love that I was holding back from others, I was also holding back from myself. And when I was able to then work through my quirkiness, understand my talents, embrace the fact that I don't sound like everybody else, that my body doesn't look like other people's and I stopped comparing myself, then I was truly able to be me 100%. And I realized that there is really nothing more beautiful or liberating for that matter than being truly, purely who you are. And um, yeah, that, and that, that was, that was my second step was just like, you know what, stop watering yourself down, be bigger than life be you and you're going to lose people because some people are only going to be attracted to the broken you. Right. But the people that are meant to be with you and are able to carry your journey um, and you carry yours, they'll find you. And so I just literally, I literally think I lost every um, friend that I thought I had and just begin to focus on what loving me looks like and being me and uh, at full throttle was. I love that. Yes. When you can step into self-love at that level, you definitely are healing so much more than just yourself, but you're healing um, things around you and those around you as well. You you do. There's that saying says your vibe attracts your tribe. And it's like, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, again, cliche, but there's so much meaning to that is that if you can vibrate at the most authentic level, you're going to attract the most abundant things in your life that includes people and opportunities mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um so we are only we, we only hurt ourselves when we don't vibrate in our true authenticity because then what that means is we're inviting in things that don't serve us constantly right. and yeah. so we take that power and we realize wow i'm actually in control of what i allow to come in my life by being my authentic self, by doing yes. more of what I enjoy and mm-hmm. saying the things that are true to me, that actually invites more of that into you. So I think if people would understand that, like, if you're holding back or if you say things that are not what you really align with, you're inviting those things yes. to come into your life. So Absolutely. It's like, yeah, it's like, check yourself a little bit and say, okay, mm-hmm. am I, the way that I'm being, do I want more of that in my life? <laughs> do I want yep. more fear? Do I want more inauthenticity? Do I want more drama and chaos? Mm-hmm. And it all starts with who we're being every day. So I love that you talked about that, about just stepping into the things that you enjoy and, and yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I love that. So is there a number three? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing after I was able to just kind of, you know, get to know myself by not watering myself down anymore, um, I really just begin to celebrate, celebrate my wins, no matter how big or small they were. It's just, you know, celebrating anything that I could that um, sometimes felt impossible um, when you are in the midst of uh, finding who you are. Sometimes it can be very overwhelming. And it takes a lot of patience and I needed endurance, <laughs> stamina, if you will. And so I found little ways to celebrate 
Um, you know, even small things like, oh my gosh, you know, I woke up this morning and I wasn't crying. Like, that's great. Or, oh my gosh, I woke up this morning and I cried. <laughs> like, it's really based on what your journey looks like. And so I'd rather not even, you know, think about what is to come five minutes, 20 years, whatever from now, but be present in that moment and extract from it. What, what was my win today? I literally go through every day and I write down things that I want to accomplish for that day. And it's really easy to do. You can start with one goal for the day. And when you achieve that, celebrate it. That could be as much as just calling your friend and saying, guess what? I did not put sugar in my coffee this morning because you're trying to, you know, be healthier. It could be, oh my gosh, I got so upset, but you know what? I didn't cuss them out this time. It could be so many different things. It could be that you budgeted and you stuck to your budget this month or that you decided to take an extra, you know, hour this week to pamper yourself and have some time to yourself or that you read that extra chapter in the book that you've been trying to finish for months. It could be a bazillion different things, but the key was for me to find places that I could extract and celebrate the imperfect life that I absolutely was appreciative to have. And so I think celebrating your victories, no matter how big or small they are, celebrating those wins just became a part of me learning to love myself better so that I could be the truest form of myself that I could possibly be. I love that. And again, I'm going to go back to this energy that you were tapping into as well, is that what mm -hmm. you are, what you were planting, what you were giving out, you were receiving more. And now you've activated like that part of the brain, the reticular activator that looks for it. Like you look for evidence yeah. of what to yeah. celebrate. And so you're signaling it. And I, I love that. I also call that, mm -hmm. you know, I have a gratitude bell and I oh, yes. ring it and I ring it for every, every little win, like every little thing. If I send out some, you know, if I sent out my 10 follow-up messages or, you know, whatever, or someone in my team had a win for the day, I'm like, I'm ringing my bell for you. I'm celebrating you. Um, yes. and I call it the gratitude bell, but it's really a form of celebration. And when I first got it, me, I used to, um, have my girls, you know, they don't ring it as much because they kind of like lost the excitement of it in the beginning. But <laughs> in the very beginning, I used to be like, we're going to celebrate all the time. We're going to ring the gratitude bell and we would play the song celebrate good yes <laughs> and it's like my hype song you know like put it on mm -hmm. you know the little little things that happen you know like one time my fiance got moved into like a different department and you know when he came home we had we um we surprised him we had the song the, the same song you know celebrate and you know just just celebrating all the little things you know and i yes. love i love that and it's such a again, I call it like an energy. It fuels you. It, 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 mm -hmm. it allows you to wake up. Like you said, whether you woke up crying or not, you are still like, yep. Celebrating either way, you know, cause it's That's all it. I love that. And it can totally shift you. And I, and I know that, you know, this from like the emotional level is like the emo, like our emotions can also become addicting and our oh, bodies, yes. um, will go towards those, like those similar emotions that we feed it all the time. So whether it's anger or depression or sadness or whatever, then our body kind of like looks for it because it's what we've been feeding, but then that if, you, if it's a lower vibrational emotion, then it's disempowering us to really like look at, at the outlook of something that we need it to look like to, to empower us. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that. These were three amazing tips. And so this is so good. And so if someone's listening, this is what you would say, you know, just, just start with, and obviously there's deeper things and I'd love for them to connect yep. with you. I'm going to have all of your mm-hmm. links or link or whatever you have. They can follow you on Instagram, awesome. Facebook, and anytime that you have some offerings, you guys make sure to connect with her. If you are someone who's struggling right now at a deeper level and you need a counselor, I'm sure Bettina can like, you know, reference some things or she can't, you know, yeah, directly help you. Um, but if this resonated with you at all, you know, follow, follow us. I also have a women's mind group, women's mindset group as well. Um, are there any final notes that you want to, um, you know, grand finale close this up with? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I just really just again, want to thank you so much, Victoria, for having me. Um, I am honored and humbled to uh, be a part of your podcast, but I also want to just encourage everyone out there who's listening just to know that you're good enough is absolutely perfect and that's all you need to truly become the woman you were created to be so godspeed god bless you and live your best life authentically i love it thank you so much you're so welcome thank you for having me Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Fueled by Gratitude. It is my honor and pleasure to give you a weekly dose of some positivity, uplifting words, and some mindset and lifestyle principles that you can use to transform into your best version. If you loved what you heard today, please share this episode with your friends and make sure to check out my woman mindset group called Mad Women link in the comments in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you next time on another episode.